I ended up gambling so much that and making so much money that making money wasn't good enough. Mm. No amount of money that I won was good enough for me to leave. I was having fun. The rush. How to beat the track. family and you know who it is jay morrison bringing you another episode of how to beat the trap and guess what i want to welcome to the trap ceo maddie J, the ultimate playmaker listen family i'm bringing to the trap one of the most intricate minds of our generation <laughs> who is actually such a unique he, he, now daniel dickie said he was a renaissance man this is a renaissance <laughs> man <laughs> I'm talking about this man, <laughs> this man is not only one of the most intricate minds yeah, in our generation, funny. one of the most successful, <laughs> profound businessmen in our generation, but also a God-fearing man, Amen. one of those God-fearing men in our generation, as well as one of the most best-dressed hey, hey, entrepreneurs hey. in these streets. <laughs> that's love, that's love. That's in love. real life. That's love. Okay. So, Steve, I'm Matty J. Man. Welcome to The Trap King. Thank you for having me. All right, so how we define The Trap is The Trap is a program or system mm -hmm. designed to entice or entangle you, mm. but secretly for the benefit of another. Uh -huh. I'm going to say it again because I know your mind works. Uh -huh. You're processing uh -huh. right okay. now. All right. So the trap okay. is a program or system designed mm. to entice or entangle you, uh -huh. but secretly for the benefit of another. Makes sense. So we bring on some of the top overachievers, influencers, entrepreneurs, and just overall amazing people mm -hmm. who have beat or defied some of America's most infamous traps, mm -hmm. such as the college trap. Dang, not the college trap. The corporate trap. <laughs> the corporate trap. The corner trap. Okay, amen. Or the culture trap. Mm. Right? That culture of peer pressure. That okay. culture of all the things that affect us, right? I love in, it. In our lives, I right? I love it. That's dope. So, so what we're going to do is we're not going to just plow through the trap. Now that we're at the trap, we're going to reverse engineer a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I want to start by really giving you the mic, right? Giving you, you you're a ball player, giving you an alley -oop. <laughs> This is your opportunity, right? We're going to go give credit to God and God's glory and God's yeah. grace and all of that, because that's what we do. Yes, sir. You know where our source comes yes, from. Yes, sir. But I want you to talk your stuff. This is, <laughs> this is the who is Matty J? What have you accomplished? What have you done? What's the company you run? What's the mission okay. you're on? Okay. Right? Not just, you just got to be entrepreneurial. Yeah. This is just you as a man, as a person. Who are you? What's your mission? What are you doing out here in these streets? Okay, okay. Thank you for the introduction, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I'm CEO Matty J, a.k.a. Mr. Document the Process, an entrepreneur. Uh, in the entrepreneur space, I started my journey uh, selling candy in high school. No, no, we don't, no, no. I'm going to come back to that, okay. where you started. Okay. I just want to know who you are well, today, right now. What place right you running now? now? Okay. Yes, what place you running right so now? Right now, we're running a play where we're teaching people how to turn liabilities into assets in the car rental space. We're also teaching people how to tap into their intellectual property, packaging their stories, their experiences, their lessons, their trials, tribulations, into some form of packaged format of, whether it's in the format of a course, ebook, audiobook, we're helping people realize that that's a form of intellectual property that mm, you can actually asset. build well, build an asset and also pass down as well. So those are the two major plays. But the biggest major play on top of that is I'm focused on studying communication and relationship building. Mm. Um, starting with my, my my internal relationship with my, my family and external relationships with my best friends, close friends, associates, coworkers, and things of that nature. Really understanding how to build genuine relationships. Not network, 
In business, a lot of the time, everybody wants to learn how to network. I want to build strong relationships mm. and figure out the format to do so. Define a, a, a strong relationship to me, or just a relationship. Oh, a strong network. relationship what's that look like to you? is somebody who understands exactly who they are. They have self-awareness. They have self-love. They know what they want. They know what they desire. And they know how to attract the person that can be able to fulfill their desires, their needs, their wants, their likes, mm. and also be able to provide value to the individual who's providing value to them. Mm. So a mutual exchange, beneficial exchange between Reciprocal. values. Definitely, absolutely. Right, so how do you attract the people, the environment that you can give to, but also gives back to you exactly. in a way that fulfills you, but also fulfills 100%. them? 100%. That's a relationship. 100%. 100%. Oh, I love 100%. it. So I know you're, you're a father, you're a family man, you're yes, a sir. husband yes, sir. Um, as well. Um, let's talk about, back up to the plays real quick. So you said you turn liabilities into assets in the car rental space. Well, right? all of you. <laughs> <laughs> what's that? Yeah, so, so our audience that doesn't know what's that. So one of our most underutilized resources that we use in our line items as far as finances is our, our vehicle. Our vehicles sit probably eight, nine, 10, 12 hours in parking lots, at our, at our driveways, and we're not really squeezing all the juice out that lemon. So a lot of individuals, when it comes to generating more income, they try to create more apples mm. versus trying to figure out how you can squeeze all the juice off of the opportunities that they have in their own driveway, in their own home. Right, the lemons. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. So by God's grace, we're now in a sharing economy, an economy where people are way more comfortable sharing their resources, right. giving people access to their homes via Airbnb, giving people access to their vehicles with platforms like Turo. These different platforms allow people to realize, well, dang, I can actually make more income with the things I already have in place and be able to um, subsidize some of my, my bills and things of that right. nature. So I've been able to tap in it for myself and I've documented my process and I now teach other people how they can tap in as well. How many students have you taught? Over 3,000 people oh, 3, successfully been able to teach. But it's a little bit more than that because we got views now. So there's a lot of people who aren't even exposed to the existence of this opportunity. So we're actually in the millions of people who now are aware about this opportunity in the car rental space. Gotcha. And what have you done as a businessman um, in that space uh, particularly? Like, How have you been able to... Uh build a business and how, mm. how big is that business in the car rental space? Yeah, so I started car rental space. Yeah, so I started off originally in 2018. My first car was my Tesla Model S and by God's grace, I was introduced to this opportunity from a friend named Jacoby. Jacoby said, yo, I've been renting out my car. If you want to rent out your car, you can just go on this website called Turo, upload your vehicle and allow people to book your car. So I did that. I made $927 profit the first month. Next month, because I was able to analyze my numbers, I was able to make 2,700 the next month, mm. net profit. Triple up. Right, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is definitely a move here. And I, I scale really quickly. So I went from one car to four cars within about three months. I lost two cars. I went to the dealership, understood the play. I got 33 cars, mm. like within two weeks. Wow. Within two weeks, I got 33 <laughs> cars. And I was I learned the process of managing these assets. But most importantly, I realized God's will for me to have character development in this business. I learned mm. patience, hospitality, more organization skills. I thought I was already organized. I wasn't as organized as I thought until this business exposed where I was lacking in. Wow. Um, I learned how to manage teams better, 
hire teams, create more. I learned so many soft and hard skills that really allow me to be more appreciative of the opportunity outside of just making money from the vehicle. Right, the intangibles. Intangibles, key, 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 key. Love it, love it. So, okay, so you're an entrepreneur, you're you're, you're teaching others. Um, You mentioned a lot of that, right? Teaching others about how to capitalize on their intellectual property. Intellectual property, for sure. Capitalize off their, one of our biggest liabilities, our cars. Definitely. Turn them into assets. Definitely. Uh, Why that mission to not just hoard the information, Mm. right? Mm. You're you're, you're successful for yourself. Why that mission to actually go share it? My core value, for sure, is... One of them is unity. Another one is resourcefulness. Mm. I'm really, really looking, always look for opportunities to be resourceful. It, it feeds me, it fulfills me. So in a situation where, okay, how can I be as resourceful as possible? I realize most people desire an upgraded lifestyle, upgraded cash flow, upgraded relationships, upgraded skills, upgraded, they want to upgrade these things in their lives. So if I can create resources that allow them to upgrade their desires, I can be able to fulfill that need. Mm. But I realized that I'm not able to do it by myself, which taps into my other core value, which is unity. In order for me to do it at a large scale, very impactful scale, I know how I need to know how to work well with other individuals. It's not try to do things by myself. So through that process, I identified that um, intellectual property, IP, is the most, I 100% believe this, the most impactful way to not only generate income, but change people's lives, helping them package their intellectual property. Right. Rappers do it all the time. We've, we've witnessed it our whole life mm. from individuals who used to trap. They packaged their experiences, their story. their story, put it on paper, got in a booth, spit their experiences on wax, and now their intellectual property has been packaged in a way that it can now be sold as a commodity. Wow. And they're making money. And those people who made songs hundreds of years ago 200 years ago, are still getting paid from things that they made years ago. So we're not, we're familiar with the process, but we didn't think that any regular person can do it. Right. We didn't think it was that- just for them. We, just for these, <laughs> these rappers and artists and musicians. Right. Um, but the thing is, I 100% believe that every single human being on this earth has overcame some type of obstacle, right. developed some type of skill, that somebody is willing to compensate them for as long as you teach them the game. Right. Right. And with that philosophy and, and that message, I'm doubling down from this year moving forward on helping people realize their value and to package it up, share it, tell the story behind their glory. That's awesome. And you know what? Actually, the, the, the thought that um, value of our intellectual property is only for them, some superstar, some other right, right, person, and right. not for you. It's actually a form of the culture trap. Mm. Right? Nice. That you're not special, that your story is not good enough, that your experiences aren't good enough. Mm. Right? Just the fact that you cut hair, that you're a mechanic, that That's you are, were, were a single mom that came through something. How many single moms out there mm. would benefit from a book, from a course, from an audio, from a podcast of another single mom mm-hmm. giving you experiences of how I raised seven kids on my own. It's crazy how much impact that is. That basic thing. Change their life. Yes, not just their life, like you said, generations, the lives of those coming after. On on, on a skill and experience you thought was a a horrible or a setback, actually God can use for a setup. Yes, amen. If you have the kind of mentorship and tutelage to be able to package that. 100%. That's 100%. So with that message, I'm looking for other individuals who are high level to be able to sing this song 
over and over so everybody can be able to have it, um, understand it, and activate it. That's awesome. I'm with you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we need to do. It. Yeah, right, 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 we get ready to play. Yeah, we get ready to play. <laughs> All right, so that's CEO Matty J right now, yeah. running plays, changing lives, um, honoring God, leading by example, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, buying in some core values. So now what I want to do is I want to reverse engineer a little mm-hmm. bit to the beginning. Mm-hmm. And and who is young CEO Matty J? Young Matty J. Young like, Matty like, J. Like, right, young Matty J. Where, where uh, were you born? Okay. How did you grow up? What, okay. what, what, what was life like? So my life was very, very blessed. I'm very grateful. I was born in the year 1990, February 4th. Wow, I'm an 80s, I'm a 1980s, <laughs> 80s baby. Yeah. I'm the son of Marty Adewale, uh, Alola Abiola, and I was born in Los Angeles, California. I grew up in that area, greater Los Angeles. I went to school in Los Angeles. Later on, I moved outside the, a little bit of the outskirts of LA to the valley, mm-hmm. the valley area. Went to high school in the valley. Um, I started my my journey of independence um, literally in, I, in a high school high school stage, probably in tenth grade, tenth eleventh grade, where okay. I didn't want to ask my dad for anything anymore. Gotcha. <laughs> Every time I used to ask my dad for things, I would literally have to pray about it. I used to <laughs> try to figure out okay, how am I gonna do it. Nervous, yeah, super nervous <laughs> to ask my dad for things. And my dad was really, really. Um, my dad has, is, a, is a perfect example of. Um, a man who takes care of their family. Like he, he made sure that we felt love. He made sure that we did activities together, and things that I didn't even value at the time until later on. And there's a lot of things that we don't value from our parents until later on, until we grow up. So I had to double back and tell my dad I really appreciate everything he 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 did for us growing up, how he took care of us, and my mom as well. Uh, my mom, my dad split up around when I was about four years old. So I used okay. to go back and forth. Um, I had a dope relationship with both, even though I was going back and forth to different Were you households. both still in L.A.? They were both in, still in L.A. Okay. Um, L.A. Valley area. It wasn't too far from each other. So that was good. Um, Who did you spend more time with? I spent more time with my dad okay. after. Yeah, for sure. You got siblings? Yeah, I got a, my brother, Mark. Um, I have uh, half-siblings as well. So my dad remarried and had two children. Is he Mark had, older than you or younger? My brother's two years younger than me. Okay, are you yeah. the oldest? I am the oldest. Oh, son. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Big Between homie. My dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the first seed. Right. Um, I had, my dad had, matter of fact, my dad married three times. Okay. Prior to my birth, my dad was married and had a daughter. So my older half-sister, Lena. Okay. So that's my siblings there. And my dad's current marriage she already had two kids, BJ and Keisha, and my dad and her had two kids. Her name is Toyin. Had two kids together, Samson and Mildred. Gotcha. So we have like a, a collective blended <laughs> blended family. Gotcha. So when you were moving yes. and living with your dad and going back and forth, you mm-hmm. were also now with new siblings. Correct, and- correct, 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 correct. Peace. What's going on, y'all? It's CEO Matty J, aka Mr. Document the Process and high-level playmaker in the car rental space. And you're probably asking the question, how am I able to live the life of my dream renting out these 57 cars? But the real question I believe you should be asking is, how can there be ways that you can live your dream life in a car rental space? Well, there's some questions that we should ask. One, how are we gonna be able to manage these cars? Very important. How are we gonna be able to protect these cars? What's the right insurance? If you don't have the right crash or the right credit or the right experience, how am I able to acquire these cars? Very important question. What car should I get in this car? These are all high level questions, but here's the thing. 
We can't be asking questions without looking for the answers. But by God's grace, we now have a free, free, free game, free sauce in this Turo Masterclass answering every one of those questions. And if you tap in and get registered right now, you'll be able to get wrapped in. Visit carrentalgame.com. Which was, everything was, everything flowed, everything was good. There was no big ever situations between families, between anything. Right. Um, until... Until. Until. <laughs> until I wanted my independence. <laughs> about, about what year was that? Oh, man. Uh, I first got a taste of independence when I started selling candy in high school. Okay. I was making my own money, my own income. Right. So now that was that gave me the sense of, okay, I don't need to ask my dad for money anymore. So let's, I, right, let's stop right there. Where did the thought come bro, that, yo, I'm going to start slinging these, these, these my love for bears. My love for candy. It was airheads, first off. Airheads. Okay, let's be correct. I love eating airheads. They're okay. delicious. So I was buying so many. I think I bought a box for myself. <laughs> Literally a whole box. And I, I believe said, you. Uh, yeah, you know, you know how I be with the sound of a sit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so now changed the look. It's ten years old. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Ah. Yo. Yeah, so I bought it for myself, and I realized, hey, everybody keep asking me for this for, for something. All right, I, I can either get mad or I can fulfill a demand, a supply the demand, and get compensated for it. And I realized I can charge twenty five cents for each airhead that I had. I did the math. There was about um, 36 airheads in there. I did the math times 25 cents. The box used to cost, I don't believe, $9 a box. I'll make anywhere from $26 to $36 because I'll do deals sometimes per box. Right. So I was like, okay, this is a good business. <laughs> I started slinging these, these airheads <laughs> in classes. It was good. Good business to the point where they gave me the name Candyman. Gotcha. I no longer was Matthew. Okay, Matty J, a.k.a. <laughs> Candyman. Yeah, I, I no longer was Matthew at all. I was Candyman, spelled with a K. Okay. This is around the time MySpace. This is around um, oh, oh 06, okay. oh 07. So you like 16-ish around that yeah. time? Yeah, and I developed the moniker, that moniker. So through this process, I'm learning entrepreneurship. I didn't know what entrepreneurship was. I didn't know what business was, but I'm learning marketing, branding, promotion, all that stuff. Right. Um, supply and demand. Inventory management, profit, law, all that stuff. Then it got to the point where business was so booming that, of course, the dean called me in his office right. one day. Dean, Frank, dean Franco, <laughs> I'll never forget. And I'm not mad because understanding how the school has to operate, me selling candy in class was a disturbance. Right. <laughs> he was like, pass money. Somebody drop like it, bro. Hey, bro. Where's my airhead, bro? I need the bro. <laughs> it was a disturbance. And... I didn't understand that to its full magnitude like I do now. Right. But I did understand that that they didn't want me selling candy. Gotcha. Whether it was because it was a disservice or I was cutting into their profits, right. <laughs> selling this candy in their vending machines, whatever the case may be. Lunchroom, lunchroom yeah. revenue just revenue just, just dipped into Matty J. We must stop him. <laughs> At all costs. <laughs> so they, they gave me a warning, and unfortunately, I didn't take heed. Okay. I started, True trapper. <laughs> I was trapping in school, man. Candy. So I didn't take heed. I still was selling candy. And but I tried to be a little bit more slick. But it's not it's, there's no way to do it. Right. It's inevitable so, that you will get caught. Right. You hot. <laughs> and I got caught and I got suspended. Mm. I got suspended for selling candy. I'm an honor student. I was in magnet classes that I didn't actually want to be in. That's the whole other conversation. <laughs> but my dad found out I got suspended. And he was he was upset, but he didn't really like. 
I used to get whoopings all the time, but right. he did, for some reason he didn't whoop me for that. Right. <laughs> but he told me to stop selling candy. I didn't. I got caught again. <laughs> one of those guys. My kind of guy. <laughs> one of Trouble those. down. One of those knuckleheads. <laughs> got suspended again for right. selling candy. Then I said, all right. That, by God's grace, this happened closer to graduation. So uh, I just stopped because right. it, it was, school was about to be over anyway. Gotcha. Um, so, but what's crazy is now that I stopped, I was no longer making any money. Right. I'm like, dang, I didn't save no bread. <laughs> I didn't have no savings account. <laughs> I did my two-day bid getting suspended right. from school. I didn't have no savings account. So I, I had to adjust money, nothing. nothing. I had to adjust my lifestyle and um, figure out something else. And by God's grace, God's grace, I found another opportunity. All right, pause right there. <laughs> I want to bring it back, though, because this candy story started yeah. with you intense, initially wanting independence yes. from your father. Yeah, I was scared to ask him for anything. Gotcha. So <laughs> when you started this, what did that do to your psyche now that you had that independence? Man, I was so much in the motion. I don't think I ever took time to analyze how I felt mm. at all. I was just running the play. <laughs> but of course, me looking back in retrospect, I can think that probably that um, I enjoyed it. I was blessed because it allowed me to build relationships because I had I was providing value to people. Mm -hmm. So strangers, I had the opportunity to talk to strangers and build relationships with them. Um, and things of that nature. So um, those those skills I developed actually is is a component to how I think and act even today, moving forward. Right, that's interesting. You know, I was in fourth grade and um, I was going through our apartment complex and there was a, a fish tank someone had threw out in the trash. Mm. And I guess it, it broke. And it was like all these marbles in the fish tank. <laughs> and I write about this in my book, Hip Hop to Homeowners. Um, <laughs> and so I just, the marbles are cool, right? Yeah. It's like colorful marbles, right? Yeah. So I just scoop them all up. And I got them um, in school, and people start asking for them. So I'm like, all right, got cool. It. It's $0.10. Cents, 25. I'm just making up prices, right? Next thing I know, I'm like, I'm racking up. <laughs> and I'm getting down to my last, like, 12 marbles. Price start going up. You know, it's a dollar each, oh, <laughs> right? Why the man? Why the man? Y'all end up making, like, probably 30 40 bucks. Man. It was around Mother's Day. Bought my mom a big bouquet of flowers. They had That's to school. That's crazy. I came home, gave my mom a like, big bouquet of flowers. She's like, boy, where you get money from for that? I got yeah. a whooping. <laughs> and then the school called on me too, like Yo, your son selling marbles in school. Oh, like, I was a marble play. <laughs> Yo, same thing. Early entrepreneur, early trapping. So, so I get it. Oh, um, tell, tell us about your um, your that double down and triple down. Mm. Even though you know you were hot, <laughs> even though you know you were supposed to, what kept you going? Like, what was that uh, level of ambition and, and, uh, and, and, and that overrolled consequences? All right, right. To be honest, lack of respect to authority was there, clearly, because I rebel. didn't respect I was being a rebel. <laughs> Me not having an exit strategy or a plan to be able to uh, subsidize my income. Mm. That's the reason I probably drug dealers don't get out of the game. They don't know how to, what to switch to or transition to. I like my lifestyle. Yeah, I yeah, like my lifestyle. Think about it. That's my identity, Candyman. Now that everybody's going to be asking you, where's candy at? Where's the candy? Oh, he ain't wow. no candy. You ain't got no candy. So you got to go you through the whole You ain't even worth it no more. You ain't even valuable no more. <laughs> so Mitch said it and paid in full. They don't love you no more. They're all right. <laughs> yeah, so that was part of that process. He's caught in the candy trap. Man, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, a, it was, it was, it was, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so cool. So by God's grace, you found out. I'm thinking about it, though. So many drug dealers, yo, you known as Maine in the hood. You known as who you known as, right? You, you, you D-Rough in the hood. Right, right, right. D-Rough. <laughs> <laughs> 
and, be rough. And now you just can't never be nobody else because you're nobody. stuck in this identity. That's you your identity. No, no exit strategy. No, nothing. I didn't have one. And like I said, an opportunity, another opportunity sprang about. Gotcha. So while good. you were doing that, did you aspire to be anything else through high school? I mean, obviously, outside hey, of Candyman. That's a good question. You, were you thinking about a career? No, or you, I was not. That's crazy. I was in the moment. That's actually how I am today. Somebody here, what's your five-year plan, 10-year plan? I don't have any answer for you. <laughs> I'm really, really stuck in the moment and always, and I'm really solution-oriented. So no matter what comes my way, I'm always figuring out a solution right there in that moment. So, so, so for me, so it was a thing about a career. I want to be all. a doctor. I want to be Ooh. a lawyer. I know you play ball, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't thinking about being an MBA and honing my craft. I played varsity, but nothing. I didn't think of nothing about Would I have if I thought about it now and move back? Go back to my back then, my high school days. Yes, I would have created a plan <laughs> to hone my basketball skills, to hone in on certain things. But of course, things you play how they're supposed to play. In the moment. Yeah, in just high in the school. moment. Run in and play as they can. Gotcha. 100%. All right, so what was next then? So, 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 so there was no aspiration. You just, Man, just moving. I started going to get invited to parties. Okay. The party scene. Oh my goodness. I started. Uh -oh. <laughs> I never got a chance to go anywhere when I was in, um, in high school, middle school. I didn't get invited. I didn't go. And the one time I did get invited to the movies, I said, I told my dad, I said, Dad, can I go to the movies with my friends? He said, how are you going to get there? I said, uh, can you go take me? He said, no, I got work. He said, okay, I'll take the bus. He said, how about I bust your head? <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> you better do your homework. <laughs> Next time bust, I said, he bust said, your bust head, you're trying to go to the movies. <laughs> I, can't out of here. I can't roll with my friends. How about I roll your head? <laughs> He'll hit me with those lines. I'm like, man, I ain't asking him for nothing. Man. <laughs> so... Of course, once I got out of high school, I'm now 17, 18. He can't tell me what to do right. as you much. You just before. graduate, you go to college. Yeah, my guys, I don't even know how I graduated. I graduated. I'm, I still don't know to this day. They told me I, I, I can graduate. I was like, I don't know. I never went to, never like did anything special. I was a C student. Okay. Right, but I graduated and I start going to these parties and I start experiencing my day. I really enjoyed music. I enjoyed dancing. I enjoyed being around my boys. I enjoyed the, being around women. Right. I enjoyed the scene. Right. So I was going so much, and people loved like loved me. I loved them. They loved me. The interaction was good. The but energy. Now, the energy is there. Yeah. So I was going so frequently. I said, um, and I was organically and naturally inviting people to the parties with me mm. to the point where I was promoting the party that wasn't even mine. And right. of course, that transitions to, hey, man, you should promote, promote for us and get paid to promote. We'll pay you. $5 for every person that says your name at the door. Wow. Promo code. Got Early. My, got my affiliate money. <laughs> I'm making bread. I was making $300 for events that I would have paid to get into. Now I'm getting paid for it. Mm. So now is my opportunity. My bills weren't high. I didn't have any bills. Back then, I had my probably cell phone, my razor. Still living at home. Still living at the house. So I didn't really have bills. I had income to pay for the things I wanted, like snacks and sweets and, <laughs> and fast food. More snacks. And clothes here and there. So I had that independence at a little bit more, 10 times more than I did when I was selling candy. So I'm going to these parties, promoting it. But then as I got older, it got an issue where I, I didn't drive. So I didn't drive. I didn't have a car. So I would take the bus to LA. I'm 30, 35 minutes away in the valley. I'll take a bus. Taking a bus, it'll take an hour and a half, two hours. Sometimes I want him to come home. Mm. So that lifestyle was like, my dad was like, what are you doing? Right. And I come, I'll come home at four o'clock in the morning 
I look like I did drugs. Right. Like I was my dad would ask, my dad asked me that before. Are you doing drugs? <laughs> I'll be falling asleep in church. <laughs> church, I'll be dozing off. My dad would slap me. <laughs> my, dad, my dad would slap me in front of everybody. It woke me out of my sleep. I'm sorry, I'm done. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. How old were you then? How old were you then? I was like 19, 20. Yeah. Yeah, slap still across my head for falling asleep. <laughs> and I said, man, I'm out of here. My dad gave me the ultimatum one, one day after I came back late. He's like, all right, you can't be living like this because like, my brother was still there. So he's seen my example. Right. So instead of rubbing off my example on him, he, asked, he told me, yeah, you, can't, you either got to stop going out like this or you got to leave. And get your own spot. Right. I said, I can leave? <laughs> you give me an invitation <laughs> to leave? I'm out of here. What are you talking about? I'm gone. Two I'm words. Here. I got, I'm gone. I got people lined up that would love for me to stay at this spot. Right. So that's actually what I ended up doing. I stayed in Inglewood, California. My boy, um, Spicy, call him Spicy. <laughs> We're in a duo in the club. Always dancing. We're doing lap dances. We're known for lap dances. <laughs> lap dances. We got viral videos on, on YouTube because of these dances. And, and that's what happened. I was making money, but again, now... So promoting parties. Promoting parties. Gotcha. I'm learning... Being the life of the party. Yes, being the life... That's literally... That's what the Turner used, the life of the party. There's actually a song they used to say, sing, um, and they used to say that about me. That's crazy you mentioned that. So I'm learning skills, promotions. We used to go pass out flyers at colleges, mm-hmm. right? And we went through the process of sales and, and meeting strangers and letting people say no. Like, no to me... Don't matter to me. And I didn't realize why. Because I used to throw parties and pass out flyers all the time. Mm, it makes you numb. It makes you numb. Like rejection. I'm, I learned how to interact with people that I didn't know, which developed my charisma, my character, my personality. Mm. I'm developing all those things through party promotion. So you're not going to college this time? So I enrolled. Okay. I never went to class. Gotcha. Which is another reason why dad said, you got to get up out of here. <laughs> I never went to class. You know what I end up doing? I end up just kicking it with people in the like the main like food court. I never went to it was a social setting. So, it was a social opportunity for me. Who paid for school? My dad was paying for it. Yeah, yeah my dad was paying for it. <laughs> no wonder. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Of course, I ain't mad at him. Right. So I wanted this to fund my my socializing. <laughs> so I would if I was of course I can't socialize because some they went to class. I didn't go to class. Right. So where did I go? I went to the computer lab, and I was on MySpace all day. Creating content, learning how to design websites, wow. learning code. I actually learned how to do graphic design, web development, app development from the college that I was attending, enrolled in, and I developed that skill so much so that once I started getting bills, because now I, I have bills now, I moved out. Mm-hmm. My rent went from zero to eight hundred dollars. Gotcha. So my three hundred dollars per party was good at one point, but dang, it's going all back to these bills. Travel, all these stuff. So the money wasn't enough no more. So then I started complaining, like, yo, I'm bringing all these people to the club. So instead of me figuring out how to generate more income, I started blaming my, my current income opportunity. Right. <laughs> Y'all ain't paying me enough. I'm the, I'm the one in the life of the party. Your bills went up. Right, right because my bills went up. That, that was their fault. Yes. <laughs> so I'm like, man. Well, and that animosity came in. Mm. That arrogance came in. You know how it is. I'm the life of the party. I'm the one. I'm, it was me. It was me. It was all me. You know what my dumb stuff did? I started throwing my, other, my own parties. Gotcha. Before, I was a promoter. Right. Right? 
And of course, people will look at that's Maddie's party, but it wasn't my party. I'm not the one who, who invested any dollars. Right. So now I said, all right, I don't need you. I'm going to throw my own parties. <laughs> Reality check. Right. I have DJ. to pay for the DJ, security, the, the mansions, the clubs, all this stuff that I didn't know that you had to do to operate this business. Right. I just used to just show up. Right. Walk everybody past the line, go to my section or go to my area, and that's it. I didn't have to worry about nothing. But now, being a business owner, I have to worry about things. I'm like, oh, this ain't it. Right. I don't want to do all this. Right. <laughs> People, the DJs are complaining, like, where's my money at? Security. I'm like, yo, what the I realized how, that that How'd your first party go? It was amazing on the front end. Right. The front end, everybody loved it. Right. But on the back and end. The back end, it's like, yo, we lost $3,000. Uh, things were broken, furniture was broken. I was just a house party, so furniture was broken. Fire marshals used to pop up on me, try to uh, try to give me a a, a fee for disturbance, the DTP, disturbing the peace, and things like that. I'm like, oh man, I don't want to deal with this at how, all. How many did you throw before you you, you, you threw your It was talent? like about three or four, three or four. I said, all right, this ain't it. I realized that very quick. I got humbled really quick. Right. I valued everybody else who's been running the play. Mm. I showed value, apologized. Like, yo, I get it. I understand. But now I still gotta fix it. I still gotta fix this income situation. So what I ended up doing was I ended up providing my design services that I developed at Pierce College in mm. Woodland Hills. And I started making the flyers for these, these, um, these party promoters. Mm. So I was making money promoting, sub-promoting, getting paid five dollars, ten dollars for every person I brought. And I was getting paid for every flyer design. So they were throwing sometimes two, three parties a day, seven days a week. Wow. They'll pay me $70 to $100 per flyer. So I was in Pierce College going to school every day. My dad would see me go to school, but I was going to school to design these flyers. Right. I need a computer lab. (laughs) (laughs) It was literally the computer lab. Right. (laughs) I went there. I was making so much money designing flyers. And I got the benefit of having my name on the flyer. Mm. So they'll print out, they'll go to nextdayflyers.com. The promoters will print out thousands, sometimes 10,000 flyers passing around all the city of Hollywood, LA, North Hollywood, and everybody will know who I was because my name was on every flyer. Right. So I was, my notoriety started to build. My right. value started to build. Did you go build. by Matty J then? No, I, I still went by Candyman. Candyman? Yeah. It's, oh, so Candyman was in these yeah, streets. It stuck. It stuck. It yeah. stuck. <laughs> It was a good moniker. I didn't realize the importance of having like a, a, a brand name right. that somebody can remember and identify you by. And um, as I started doing the flyers, making my money, I got so good at designing flyers because I was making so many designs. I honed the craft. Right. I knew how to also analyze flyers that I liked, look at what they're doing, and replicate it. I'll mm. practice a lot. So I got so good, then I started, that's when Twitter popped up. I think it was 2009. 2009, 2010. So this is two years. I graduated 2007 from high school. So two years after high school, this is what's happening. I learned how to get on Twitter, write these tweets, and in the beginning stages, these celebrities were easily accessible. Mm. Right? I can literally tweet a celebrity. They'll be able to see it. Now, that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll send a tweet out to Travis Porter, Soldier Boy, Walker Flocker, Gucci Man. I solicited my service. I said, I'll make you guys mixtape flyers. And they were making mixtape flyers twice a month. Three times a month. Trapping them. Trapping them out. I'll make your mixtape flyers for free if you guys just let everybody know that I'm the one who did it. So I, I, they, they all ran with me. Tyga, Drake, Pretty Ricky. That's how I met um, Pretty Ricky. Spectacular. Wow. That's how we're, we're so tight today. Wow. Best friends I didn't know today. that. 
Yeah, from from designing. So you're saying even Instagram. This is, this, this is Twitter. No, I got the receipt. I got the pictures days. too. I got yeah. a picture from us back in 2010 when I the day I first linked, linked up with them. Wow. <laughs> Leveraging your skills. Leveraging the skills. So most party promoters, they don't realize how much. Again, like I mentioned before, they try to create more apples, look for more streams of revenue versus squeezing the the juice out of the apple that they currently have. So they'll throw the most amazing parties. Celebrities will come in, but they don't know how to extract value off of those relationships from those parties that they're having. Mm. I created a skill. I developed a skill that allowed me to, when I met a celebrity in the club, I said, yo, I'll do your flyers for you. I'll do your mixtape for you. I'll do your website for you. I'll design your Twitter background for you, your icon for you. And that's how I built these relationships. And when it was transactional, it turned into more of a relationship. Once our personality starts kicking in, we start meeting, and that's what ended up happening. I became a a business influencer mm. to celebrities because of Twitter. And like 09, 2010. Right, early. Right. And I, because of Twitter, I also learned how to entertain people. I was having so much fun. And I, my bills, my the income I was generating and my bills was like way, my income was way higher. So I had a lot of time. Mm. So my time was now spent on um, Twitter. I was on Twitter all day, tweeting, <laughs> funny commentary. Hashtags, I actually started a lot of um, the hashtag trends, tr the trending topics gotcha. when Twitter started. All the funny trending topics, it was me just sitting there, it would go viral. Give us a few. Um, That's you, huh? Was one of them. I'll do the juvenile voice. That's you, huh? I'll, I'll do a tweet under that ha hashtag. Another one was, um, but you got them J's though. That's a very mm, popular I one. That I was one. the one who started that you one. You started that? Yeah. <laughs> but you, you got them J's, though. <laughs> yeah, you just got fired from your job two weeks, but you got them J's, though. <laughs> I've I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually used that yeah, one. Literally, literally. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. Those are the two most popular ones. But we created a hashtag off of any like anything that could have been hashtag worthy. Right. Um, and it'll go viral, and people will start notice. Oh, dang, Maddie's the one who, start, who started all these, these trending topics. And that built relationships with other celebrities like Travis Porter. And that's how I met Charlie. Charlie realized that, dang, Maddie's just a nobody, and he's creating trending topics that are seen worldwide on, on a platform that everybody's on. Let me tap in and figure out. And that's how we had our first meeting. Right, CEO Charlie, right? Yeah, CEO Charlie. That's how we had our first meeting. He wanted to know how I was doing it. And I ended up managing their Twitter page, the Travis Porter Twitter page. Wow. Got really good at that. Then I managed YG's Twitter page, the rapper YG. Wow. Start managing. Then I started doing social media management. <laughs> I went from design to from, tweeting. From promo. To, yeah, to promo. From selling candy. Right. All this is interconnected. All this is interconnected. Wow. Yeah, so I'm now working for these celebrities, working with these celebrities. And now people are saying, yo, Maddie's with all these celebrities. He doesn't just. So what happened with college? Yeah, I, I ended up discontinued. I never stopped. I never stopped just, going. Just faded one yeah, time. Yeah, faded away. <laughs> I stopped going. I never went. <laughs> I never went. But I, I think I went. To, I went to two classes. I remember. I was like, it was cool actually, and the teacher was cool. But I just, <laughs> it just wasn't it. So during all this interaction, celebrities, hashtag, tweeting, trending, creating, developing yeah. websites, all that. Did you ever think about a job at that time, a career? No, 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 no. Not at all. Just, I didn't even know that. Like. I, to this day, actually, one of my most viral blog posts was the one the number one thing I regret in my entrepreneurship is never having a job. Mm. That went viral because most people poo-poo on jobs. They say that job is a journey of the broke. They say you should never have a nine to five. That's the mindset people right. had. But I came, I was like, man, I wish I had one. But I never thought to have one because I've always was in doing something. Right. I was always from selling candy 
to priority promotion to design, there was never a gap where I need to find a job. Right. Ever. It just rolled. It was just rolling, 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 rolling. So what's crazy is I end up having a job. <laughs> As I was priority promoting, I was designing flyers. I forgot why. Oh, the money ended up not being as consistent when I started doing the flyers. Okay. This so this is this the is before the Twitter. Twitter. This is before okay. Twitter. This is right before Twitter. I ended up getting a job, my first job ever at Charlotte Roos. What's that? Charlotte Roos is a women's retail clothing store okay. in the mall. So women know where that is. And I was the one folding the jeans in the back. I enjoyed it. I like processes, the systems, the <laughs> organizing. I loved it. Right. So I was a temp. And I only was there for like two weeks, though. I got my first check. This is interesting. My dad told me, you're supposed to give your first check to your, your dad. I was like, okay, this is my first check. <laughs> I said, that was a cool experience, but the party started pick, picking it back up. So I went back to the parties. You was out. Yeah, I was out of there. Beat the corporate trap. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't bad at it, but I didn't know that I could have learned a lot of things from having a job, like structure, time management, um, systems, leadership, um, all these things that you learn in a job, I could have extracted it and used it from the businesses that I was running for myself. Right. But I didn't pay attention to those things. I just went there for the check. Gotcha. Like, check. A, like a lot of people do. That's a fact. It just goes to, to the job just for the check. Only for the and, check. And that's really part of uh, the corporate trap. That's the trap. It's like, give us your hours, get this check, and we good. But don't pay attention to our process. Mm, don't pay our, attention. In our systems. No, 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 no. Create them. We're going to teach you how to create them. And our inventory plug. No. Like, nah, how we brand, how no, we market, no, and our no. P&Ls and our bookkeeping. Like, like really departmentalize people. Yeah. Just stick to what you do. Don't worry about nothing else going on. Yeah. Don't, don't put the dots in there. Connect the dots. It's kind of like the corner trap. That's it's like, crazy. Look at, you over here, you just bag up. That's crazy. You go on the block and you just pitch and sell. That's crazy. You, you just transport. You just go take the work there. Yes. None of y'all don't ever need to meet. Right. Don't talk or discuss our process. Y'all just stay in your lane. The smart ones connect the dots and say, okay, this is how it works. Okay, I'm going to run it my, my own. Yeah. I'm going to be the plug. Yeah, that's why we have non-competes. <laughs> 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 <Yeah, practice. laughs> hey, Peace Family is Jay Morrison, co-founder of the Legacy Center here in Atlanta, Georgia. And I want to invite you all to be a virtual member of our building, our Class A office space, also known as the Black House. From anywhere in the world, you can house your business here in Atlanta, Georgia, and have your virtual address be our address. Get your own suite number. You also can get our virtual notary services, our virtual receptionist services, have a telephone line for your team, and get access to our meeting rooms, conference rooms, and get one day per month to actually visit our building and house your business here in real life. Family, this opportunity is just $40 per month or $300 for the year. Super discount for you to be able to have a class a office space house your business address two miles from tyler perry studio five minutes from the world's busiest airport right here in amazing atlanta georgia at legacycenter.com all right so yeah so, that's so, what so, so twitter popping twitter with pop popping 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 with celebrities all that myspace graphics designs yeah met ceo charlie yep. travis porter running their pages yg's pages like yep. you, you any streets you yeah, yeah yeah by god's grace i was in there i, I built my following built my influence have knowledge and then i transitioned to starting my own clothing line okay. i used my skills for design and marketing to create my own clothing line it was called excuse my french the likable assholes okay so on Twitter, I used to tweet things that were very funny, but direct. 
So people are like, yo, that stings, but it's funny and we we like you. It's, uh, so they'll call me. Somebody actually tweeted, say, you're an asshole, but you're likable. Mm-hmm. Bing. I went to Google. I said, is this available? The term? And it was available. The domain likable asshole was available. Okay. So I, will create, I can create a brand around that. So I got a logo design that I made for somebody else that they didn't want. I used that logo design, that character, designed the, um, the T-shirt, and I posted on my Instagram. What do you guys think? Everybody loved it. Mm. Oh, this is dope. Where can we buy it? Can we buy a shirt? Set up the website. What's your PayPal link? What can we do to join this? I didn't realize that my personality type, my character, was very similar to other people's character. Mm. They, had a, they had a similar it character. It resonated with them. So I was the one volunteering to create the, be the leader of a community of people <laughs> to represent a personality trait. Right. People who are directly honest, don't sugarcoat, and but still are likable because mm. they have they they deliver in a right. way that makes people still not just laugh. angry and it's not mean, angry just, and yeah. jaded none of that. It's still like okay, I hear you, but yeah, I still rock with you. I still right. rock. So that was that brand. It blew up. This is my all my. This is my my official company. Likable assholes. I had my graphic company called um, GFX Moguls, and now I'm getting 200 orders a day. I'm now forced to learn how to. Learn inventory management. Went to downtown LA, got blanks, screen printing. I'm learning this process with the help of my homegirl, Ebony. She helped me with that process. So I'm shipping out these shirts. Everybody's loving it. I'll now learn brand ambassador marketing. Wow. My favorite form of marketing. I have relationships with these celebrities. Just gave them these celebrities my shirt. They'll post it and they'll do all the work for me because all their fans, their followers are now coming to me, following me, purchasing the shirts. Wow. It was so simple. I didn't have to pay for anything. I didn't have to do anything. I just had to leverage my relationships. So that's what happened. But then there was a turning point. The turning point was I was getting too many orders. Wow. I didn't have the structure. I didn't have the infrastructure at all. So it got real stressful. When people start DMing me, talking about, yo, Maddie, where's my damn shirt at? <laughs> I'm like, God, Lee, wait, but you mean calm down? Calm down, man. It's all this way. Three weeks, three weeks. But it got to a point where Amazon created a whole new standard. You got to get your stuff in two days. One day, same day. I'm like, yo, I can't keep up with this. I got so stressed out that I discontinued the business while it was getting a lot of orders. Wow. I got so stressed out. How much money did you make with that business approximately? Uh, I don't don't think I did any accounting, to be honest with you. But on average, I was making easily one to $3,000 a day. Hmm. One to $3,000 a day. Gross. Gotcha. Gross. Um, And what what I was doing with that money, I was reinvesting in inventory. And I was actually, this is when I moved to um, Vegas in 2012. Yeah, 2012. My Twitter page, oh, I forgot. My Twitter page just got shut down. <laughs> That's Why? what happened. Yeah. Why? Bruh, I forgot. This is crucial. <laughs> so, all right. I got so good at creating content with my Twitter page that I started creating other pages, parody pages. Mm. So I used the likeness of a cartoon character like um, Peter Griffin and create tweets, tweets that he would say. Right. Charlie Sheen. <clears throat> Will Ferrell, and we were creating these pages, and they were growing way faster than my per- my personal page. These meme pages, right? These um, parody pages, and we will monetize these pages because there were a company like MyLikes. They'll pay me fourteen cents for every person who clicked a link that I tweeted out. So I started making fourteen thousand dollars a day, a day off Twitter clicks. Twitter. 14,000. PayPal, I still have the screenshots, deposit. 14,000, 13, 2,000, 10,000 from tweets. And that's how me and 
um, spectacular. I became business partners because I shared the game with them. I'm like, bro, I'm making all this money with my amount of followers. I had like 60,000 followers. He had like 400,000 followers. Imagine how what you, what you can do. Mm. And at that time, his, his, he wasn't making money with the music. Uh, that was a time when it slowed down. He instantly engaged, started tweeting, making money with me. We're getting gifts from the company. They'll give us free iPads, free MacBooks. This We're is before the t-shirt line. This is right before the t-shirt line. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, for sure. This is right before. So, You've been hustling, hustling. Bro, it was just, it just happened naturally, organically. We were providing value and we're getting, we figured out what to get compensated for it. So the problem was we were making so much money and the pages were growing so bad. Twitter found out and shut the pages down. Wow. Shut it down. We woke up. We were, me and Spectacular met in LA. <laughs> he, he lives in Miami. We met in LA so we can look for a huge penthouse. We're, we're literally Yo, like, yo, we lit. We literally, we're rich. We literally, I have the video still of us going to different penthouses, checking them out. We were like, we walked to these leases coming. What is the best unit you have? Right. <laughs> it was the best Top unit. line. Top line. We got the Spare no expense. <laughs> Carte blanche. Run it. <laughs> Run it. <laughs> Tell me why. In the midst of us looking for these apartments, these condos, we wake up and the pages are gone. <laughs> Twitter said, yeah. He said, yeah. We was like, yo, what just happened? And to be honest, I wasn't tripped. Like, I wasn't stressed. I was like, dang, our pages are gone. What are we going to do? We tried to make a new page. We built the page up to really quickly again, right. shut it down. They said no parody pages. Wow. And what's crazy is we're the ones making Twitter poop booming. We were literally the ones. I built a network. I started teaching people how to do this. We're the ones that got Twitter booming. What they call black Twitter today, yeah. we were black, black Twitter. You're the founders of black literally, Twitter. Literally, literally, literally. Like, no lie. People You're literally this, this story, fathers of black Twitter. This story can literally be turned into a movie. Like, what we were doing. You guys are looking at the, <laughs> the, the co-founders of black Twitter right here. Like, yo, all black Twitter owes you right now. Like, everybody owes you 14 cents. Like, yo. <laughs> Page, yo. 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 So I changed, I forgot this part too. I changed my name from Candyman to the Killer Truth. Okay. That's my that was my moniker, the Killer Truth. So my my mindset for changing that name was I'm always providing straight up truth. Right. No Ball chaser, uncut. raw untruth. So that was my name on Twitter. Everybody started following it. My the pages got deleted. We had to figure something out. Thank God. Oh my goodness. Instagram popped up. Went from MySpace, Twitter, same, like, two months later, Instagram popped up out of nowhere. I started hearing about it. I got on, on Instagram and said, yo, Spec, there's a new app called, called um, Instagram. We need to get on it. The reason why we, we were buzzing on Twitter is because we were on there first. Right. We started understanding the opportunities first. And we was the, the, the innovators of right. what possibilities were there. And we made money from it. Not to interrupt the story, which yeah. I am going to interrupt the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I see why you guys hopped on Clubhouse, how y'all hopped yes. on Clubhouse together. Yes. He's like, Clubhouse? Spec. Yes, literally. That's Maddie, why. let's do it again. That's literally what happened. That's uh -huh. why. So how you connect with the dots. Literally, we've been, we've been running the same play. MySpace, even he, we weren't doing it together on MySpace, but he was doing it on his own. Pretty Ricky, Jeremiah, Soldier Boy, those are the top brands that are on MySpace, top pages. Mm. So he understood content. Engagement, posting, <laughs> but he never knew Trap how to make bars. money from it yeah. directly. And that's where I came in. And out of all the people I shared game with, Spec actually knew how to execute. Mm. He actually executed. So he wasn't just a musician. He was a, he's a businessman. So we got on Instagram. 
the first, this was our play. We got on Instagram and they didn't have any limitations, no algorithms. We followed every single person hand by hand that was on the page. Mm. Follow, 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 follow. We'll literally be on our couch. Follow, 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 follow. And everybody who followed up, or we followed, ended up following us. So we grew our following just off of those, those, th- that methodology. Mm-hmm. Then we hired a developer to automate the process. Literally, what, the developer created a, a, um, a bot. And that bot will follow anybody who was on the platform. <laughs> if you go to my page right now, that's the reason why I have 400,000 followers on my Instagram. Wow. <laughs> it's because I followed 1.6 million. All <laughs> 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 oh, Everybody who was on the platform. And then now that they're following me and I'm getting all this traffic from people who are saying, who's this? Or people who do already know me, they're seeing my good value that I'm posting. I know mm. how to provide good value. So I was creating memes. Nobody even knew what memes were. We're finding funny images. So you were the founder writing, of memes No, no, I was too? the founder. <laughs> I was the founder. I was the one. I don't know how to say it because I didn't come up with the term meme, but that's what we were doing. Right. We're finding pictures and putting text on top of it. And the very first picture that went viral for me was a Kim Kardashian picture. I photoshopped Ray J in front of the Kim Kardashian family. So Kim Kardashian took a family portrait, a mm-hmm. viral picture. I used that viral picture and I photoshopped Ray J <laughs> and, I, and I put a statement on there. I'm not gonna say what the statement is. The statement went viral to the point where Ray J reposted it. Kim Kardashian saw it. Everybody started reposting it and started coming to my page. Wow. And that's how I started building the momentum. And as the momentum was there, I started keeping engaging, entertaining content, entertaining content. And then my clothing line, I'll then tap in, oh, guess what y'all, I got this t-shirt. And they'll buy the T-shirt. So I leveraged the celebrity influencers that I had and the content that I was creating on that Instagram page. Oh, crucial, man. Crucial. (laughs) I mean, so much we can extract from this. And we're going to get into it in a second. Yeah. But um, so from the T-shirt line, what was the biggest play you ran in that that T-shirt branding business, uh, that celebrity ambassador business? Man, um, my homegirl, Ebony. She is really big in the LBG. I don't know how you put that LBGT. Yeah, Q. Yeah, Q. Q. Want to end that? Plus, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all that. She's really. She's like one of the top influencers. So she knows everybody. She throws part. I met her at throwing parties. She throws parties for that community, and she's super dope. And she's the one that told me, "Yo, Matt, I can help you create these shirts." I would never have did it. You know me. Like, so there's a play. Somebody has to help with the process to, <laughs> to run it, start, start running it. She ran it. She actually went to L- downtown LA, got the shirts, told me to come and pick them up. She's crucial aspect of that. And she got her friend, her girlfriend at the time, Tay Heckert. She's a huge uh, influencer online. She's a model. She wore it. And that's when it started bub- um, bubbling. That was the first breaking point. Mm. When she, Tay Heckert wore it, not once, not twice, like three times, she loved the brand because the brand represented her. And that's when I realized when you create that a That was design, a likable a-hole brand. Yes. Gotcha. I realized when you create a brand that resonates with people emotionally, personality-wise, they're going to rock with it. She didn't want no money. She didn't want no nothing, no kickbacks. She just loved the brand and promoted it all the time. And then the next person was Camille Lee. And everybody loved those two models on social media. Mm. So rappers followed them. And then that's when rappers start reaching out to me now. We want a sweater too. <laughs> the, the fear of missing out. Right. I want to join the bandwagon. They start reaching out to me. I was original. They start reaching out to me for this for the sweater. So it got really big in LA, Atlanta, to the point where when I went to Atlanta, even though I lived in LA, people were recognizing me, wanting to take pictures with me just off of the t-shirt brand. Mm. But like I said, it ended up getting so stressful because I didn't have a team. It was just me. 
Gotcha. Running the play by myself. And I wasn't listening to my mentor. My mentor was telling me at the time to scale down how many products you have. I had like nine products. I'm like, I only have nine products. There's clothing lines. They got a million products. What's wrong? Either I take two parts. I take accountability for not understanding, but I, there's no way for me to understand because I've never been through that before. Right. So I would have had to rely 100% on trusting him. And thing thing about it is my mentor, I was more successful than my, than my mentor. So, so hard for you to... it was hard for me. Like, eh, I hear you, but <laughs> I think I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Fail. He told me, and he took he took accountability for not communicating in a way that mm. I understood it. But he said that he broke it down, and I teach this today. And through that, me not listening to him, I understand when people don't listen to me now. I, I, I have that grace. Mm. So he told me that even though you have nine products on your page, nine T-shirts, it's not nine T-shirts. It's nine times how many sizes you have. Mm. So if you have small, medium, large, extra large, those are six sizes. So it's nine times six. That's how many products you're really managing. Right. So when it comes to reinvestment, like you have been doing, Maddie, that's what you're saying, you're doing inventory management on way more products than you need right. to, especially when you don't have the support system to scale. And that was the first person who taught me about that's scale. Wisdom. That's wisdom right there. 2012, 13, was he, he talking about scale. This is now a buzzword now. I'm learning it early. He now taught me about the lean startup, startup methodology. He introduced me to growth hacking. He introduced me to the systems, operations, all these things I know now, Trello, all these things that existed in 2011, Basecamp. He taught me about it back in 2012. Mm. I was exposed to this industry. So then I said, okay, I want to study this. This is, this is amazing. I love systems. Let me stop trying to run and operate this business. Let me discontinue it and let me learn this. And I got, actually got paid to learn this by offering my services to other struggling businesses. Wow. There's a struggling club, clothing line company. I can tell you guys how to run this business and manage your business. And I was learning to manage it while actually servicing management services. Right. <laughs> that's the best way to learn. Right. Get paid to do it while you're, while you're learning. So that's what I ended up doing. I created a company called um, The Brand Architects. I became a consultant and a brand manager of the back end. And then that's when I learned optimization, conversion rates, mm. upselling, one-time offers, all these things I'm learning and facilitating email marketing. I learned all those things after my business was, was so overwhelming. Wow. And, and what, what made you fall in love with systems? What did you love with systems? Man, I love understanding not being lost. Mm. I love clear a clear path. Right. It was clear. When you have a system, it's clear. This is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. And allow me to move very quickly, very f quickly, fast. And with my systems, allow me to teach easier because I was teaching business to people who didn't know business. It was a culture. The culture, they didn't understand what I was telling them at all. Right. My mentor, he was black, but he's really heavy in the Caucasian. He's, he has friends in that space. So he speaks their language and he speaks our language. Right. So I had to learn how to speak this new language to people who never heard this before. Mm. They didn't know what optimization was. Right. What are you so, that, about? so they didn't understand their, the value that I was providing at all. Right. So there's a lot of tension between the service I'm providing and them understanding the value to the point where um, it was getting frustrated, real frustrated <laughs> to help them like, look, you need email marketing. Right. No, I don't. I'm doing good doing this little Instagram post. Like, <sighs> and I had to humble myself because I didn't listen to. Right. So I can't get mad at somebody who's not listening to me. I said, I just have to deal with it. My mentor proposed that maybe you should start providing your services to corporate companies. Mm. It's like, man, I don't want to, that's not my, I want to serve them though. Right. 
I want to. I don't care about the corporate. He said, you're going to make more money. He, he gave me the proposal. You'll make more money. And the money that you make doing these services for corporate companies, you'll be able to do these services for free for the people you actually do want to serve. Mm. I didn't understand that. I was still trying to fight and help these people who are lost in their right. business because I was lost. I know how it felt to be lost. Right. So I had a lot of passion. So what I'll end up doing was I'll over-deliver. I'll be undercompensated because I care so much. Right. I'll create so many systems and document everything so I can show you versus tell you. Because clearly you're not understanding when I say it. Let me just show it to you. But in order to show it to somebody who didn't want to pay for it, I'll have to invest my time and resources up front. Yep. That's how I got good at, so good at documenting. Hmm. I got good at documenting because I want to prove to you that this was this was an effective method of, of doing uh, the results. And I, and, and I can co-sign that. I remember when I met you, I think 2016, 20, yeah. something like that, 2017. Um, you came that same kind of spirit to, to me and my organization. Like, yeah. no, all kind of documentation, the whole play, <laughs> yeah, yeah. over-delivering information. I'm like, bro, <laughs> I can't even do this right now. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're going to be overwhelming. I'm going like, to throw up on somebody with all the plays. Right, right. But no, you were giving it up. You were giving a game away. Great, great brand plays. Um, Some we didn't even execute. Some we, we hopped on later. Yeah. Um, so uh, tell us about real quick, and we're going to transition to our trap analysis, but tell right. us real quick about the, uh, one of the, I think one of your historic plays, uh, in my opinion, uh, real popular, was mm. the Two Chains play, mm, Dabbing yeah. Santa, that, that collaboration. Yeah. So again, that relationship was through Two Chains manager. Two Chains manager, Charlie, CEO Charlie, managed Travis Porter. Met them through Twitter. Mm -hmm. Met them through Twitter. So that relationship was cultivated and nurtured through social media. We didn't talk all the time. He lived in Atlanta. I lived in in LA, but it was cultivated because we see each other still on social media. And then I ended up helping them with um, the pages. So it was time where Charlie reached out and said, yo, Matt, these shirts aren't selling. And I know you have a clothing line, the TLA, and you're making money. How come our shirts aren't selling? I said, well, based on what I see, you don't have a shirt that's creating a movement. Mm. I knew my shirt was a movement. People tatted the design of the Brand on their bodies. Wow. Not one person, not two people, not three people. Multiple people. Six, seven people tatted the brand. So I knew that these clothing line isn't a clothing line. It's a movement. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say, who have clothing lines say that a lot. They say it's not a clothing line. It's a lifestyle. But they don't really have no message behind it. Right. No mission behind it. So I said, all right. I'm gonna, all I can do is teach you what I did. And you need to create a t-shirt. And matter of fact, we're not going to call it a t-shirt. We're going to call it a jersey. Because jersey signifies a team. Mm -hmm. So if we can create a team, we can then create a movement and we can create a, a community around it. So I shared that with him. And again, just like Spectacular, I shared information that he executed immediately. Within seven days, he came up with a new design, tested it, and texted me and said, yo, Matt, we made $5,000 today. It went from, we didn't make no money. We're not making any money with these shirts. Think about it. A manager's job is to make sure that his, his artist is making all, all right. income from all different areas. Merchandise is a big play. So in merchandise, it was like real low. It don't make sense that somebody has 3 million followers and is not making any money from their merchandise like they should be. Right. So we changed the design and we created a product that his fans wanted versus creating a product that we want the fans to buy. Right. So we reverse engineered it based on what I've already done in the past because I documented what I've done in the past. I was able to say, these are the plays. Let's duplicate it with, um, under 2 Chains brand. And that's what we end up coming up with the Dabbing Santa sweater. Dabby Santa Sweater ended up doing $3 million in 60 days. $2 million in 30 days. Crazy. Everything I learned from my business, we applied it to Dabby Santa. 
and we still ran into issues because we ended up having like 13,000 orders in one day. Crazy. Yeesh. Crazy. It, it was the number, it was the first ever viral clothing brand on Instagram. Ever. There's been viral pictures, viral memes. This is the first ever viral clothing item ever. And we were able to accomplish that and go from these shirts ain't selling to making over $3 million. In real life. Yeah, real life. Man, amazing. So listen, I told you guys, one of the most intricate thinkers, <laughs> right? Entrepreneurs and executors. So King, um, last question for you. Through all that journey, seems like you were just rolling and moving into entrepreneurship, different things. Um, did you ever have to or ever choose to make a play that we call equivalent to the corner trap? Did you ever have to dabble in anything that was along those lines? Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> the easy answer is no. no. Um, like for me, again, I was, um, like everything I did was a lot of, outside of the candy, selling candy. Right, right, right. Selling candy, but, the closest. But everything was based off of, I don't want to, do anything that's going to risk um, my opportunity. So after my experience with the candy situation, I wanted to make sure I'm doing things in line with um, what was right. Right. What, you know what I'm saying? It was right. Um, and that was just me at, a, at its core, to be honest with you. At core, I like my core values outside of unity, outside of um, resourcefulness is honesty and transparency. Mm. So I wanted to be tap into my core value. Honestly, obviously my actions have to be tied to my core value that I've developed over time. Because I understood that through honesty and transparency, it builds amazing relationships. Yeah. People love you. And I realized that through the brand, like the likable A's. <laughs> the yeah. likable A's is me being straight, straight forward and, and honest. Right. People are scared to be honest because they don't see the ROI on it. Right. I saw, the, I literally saw the return on impact and the return on income from right. being bluntly honest. Absolutely. People actually <laughs> lie to try to protect relationships because they don't want to offend their relationships. No, 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 no. I realize that you don't got to do that <laughs> at all. Mm. That's a trap bar. <laughs> That's a trap bar. Yeah. So, family, we're going to go into a session, Maddie, called Trap Analysis, right? So this is kind of the, the breakdown of the CEO, Maddie J, trap journey. So, family, we just saw that King Maddie J's been trapping for real in real life. <laughs> Yeah. Um, starting as the candy man. The candy right? man. Dang. This right? thing, that, no, people, I met somebody that knew me as candy man. He's like, yo, is that candy man? <laughs> I'm like, ah, who's candy man? I was with somebody. Who's candy man? I'm like, don't worry about it. <laughs> so it's out there now. We got the candy man in the trap in real life, man. Um, but also was able to really um, blow through the college trap by seeing that um, his other skills, other opportunity of his time, opportunity cost of his time was better spent honing his craft for entrepreneur endeavors. And then um, had a short little stint in a corporate trap. Stint. <laughs> short little two week stint in a corporate trap, no pass through. Um, but again, was able to blow through that and, and, and literally um, has been able to um, uh, be successful in entrepreneurship and really, even um, a lot of what you've done has avoided the culture trap mm. because you've you've moved so independently, mm -hmm. right? Like you've helped influence culture. Mm. Um, and I want to talk about that. So when it comes to peers, right? Mm -hmm. How people look at you. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to you say like you know you are reinvesting the businesses, spending money, etc. Um, does the culture of uh, blow money fast, you uh, uh, spin it like it's your last, you can't take it with you, right? Does the culture of like, obviously you're very trendy in how you dress. Yeah. How does how does the culture affect how you move? Man. And how do you how avoid being trapped by and enticed by that, by still playing it your way? 
So because I'm really big on my self-awareness and I self-analyze a lot, um, I know myself. So because I know myself, I have more, um, more probably of knowing what I actually want to do versus what somebody else wants me to do. Mm. Of course, I consider and use what other people are doing and their feedback as, as data, but I don't have it drive me on making my, my, my end-all decision. I do what I want to do. So when it comes to the dressing, I leverage what people like, right? To be able to build relationships, obviously, because as a business owner, I'm also a servant. My job is to serve and provide services. And in order to provide services, I have to have other people's interests, right, in in line. But I want to align my interests with their interests. I don't make their interests my interests. I want to align my interests with theirs. Gotcha. So that's that's the way I move when it comes to um, um, how people move and how their thoughts affect me. Right. I'm really big on feedback as well. I, I enjoy feedback, constructive feedback, constructive criticism. So I make sure, because I know myself, I'm around people who can give me constructive criticism. Mm. And through that constructive criticism, I'm able to optimize, build, grow, take my things to the next level, and deflect anybody who may be hating because I'm so confident in what I've done because it's based on good data. Gotcha. So, so what I, how I see it is like uh, you've been able to not maybe be enticed, but not entangled yes, by yes, some yes. of the things. Not by, entangled. I like that. <laughs> by staying independent yes. and, and true to your core values, your Correct. core beliefs, and just who you are Correct. and what you want. Right. Correct. A lot of times we get caught in a culture trap because we don't really know what we want. Exactly. So we want what our peers want. Exactly. We want what, what, what the rappers say we should have. Exactly. We want all the things that the culture is saying that we should have and we should do and where we should go as opposed to being independent to our own selves. That's when you're really rooted and able to beat the uh, the culture track. Yes. Absolutely. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. All right, so tell us... Self-love, matter of fact. Somebody mm, just brought that to me. I like that word better. Love yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You're you're loving yourself. You would not be easily moved by Mm -hmm. how others uh, would have you be. Exactly. All right, so we have this segment called Trap uh, uh, Transition which is basically like a aha moment. So share with us a aha moment that you've had during this journey. Um, obviously, you knew you didn't want a job. You didn't really thought right. about that. Right. Um, didn't get enticed by the streets or, or the corner trap. Right. Um, what's an aha moment where you knew like, yo, independence, me running my own thing, mm. uh, controlling my own destiny, mm. right? Not being trapped. That's all, that's all, all that is, right? Yeah, yeah. Trapped is you, you, you lack independence. You right. lack autonomy, right. right, all that. Was there an aha moment in your life where you're like, you know what? This the way. This, <laughs> this, this the way. This, uh, yeah. Easy. I'm Two, bought in. 2000 and, what was it? 2015, when I was introduced to Bible studies. Okay. My faith. Yes. hundred course. Hence, this is the way. So, uh, my whole life was just business oriented. Mm. Everything I shared with you, that was like, my, it makes up most of my life. Right. And it was all business. Gotcha. Right? Yeah, we went to church every Sunday. However, I, I wasn't there. Just like, I literally wasn't there. I was there, but I wasn't there. Right. To the point where my dad slapped the text out of me. <laughs> so I realized that um, I know that we don't just live a physical life. We live a spiritual life mm-hmm. as well. And if you were to ask anybody, which one is, do you value more? It's supposed to be more valuable. Most people say they're spiritual. The thing is, I would say, yeah, my spirit is more valuable, but I, my life wasn't aligned with that thought process mm. at all. I was not investing anything in my spiritual life. And that made me think like, dang, how can I work on my spiritual life 
how can I balance things out as they're supposed to be balanced? I don't know. But I do need some type of coaching because me just reading the Bible ain't enough. So by God's grace, God sent a messenger. I believe God sends messengers, witnesses to be able to invite you to study more about God's will mm-hmm. and how we can develop our spirit. Wow. So I, I, I start going to church. I start studying and I realized my mission. Spiritually, my ultimate mission is to um, build my care, prepare my character, prepare my life for the kingdom of heaven. Mm. That was key. Once I understood that that was my mission, okay, now I need to align all my activities, even business, towards that. Right. Um, so how do I prepare my character so I don't pollute the community? <laughs> People think that when you die, you just go to heaven and you don't got to change at all. Right. There has to be some type of refinement, character development, personality development, so God can prepare us, uh, our home. So once I understood that was the mission, I said, okay, I'm going to need help. Can't do that by myself. Right. So God places individuals in your lives for um, short periods of time, long periods of times. And one of them was my long-term investment was my wife. Um, I realized that me being single and chasing women and having all these dates and doing all these other things wasn't, um, I was going to get a return on my investment. Mm. Just a waste of time. And I knew that the activities I was doing, like going to clubs still and um, all these different things I was doing wasn't in line. It wasn't feeding my spirit. Mm. So God put it in my heart to look for a suitable helper. Mm. My suitable helper um, was found, married. We got we started dating. We got married very quickly, very quickly, because I knew my assignment was to find this right. suitable Intentionality. helper. Right. But then within that, I thought that was it. Just need my wife. Got my wife. That's it. I'll move on back to business. Fail. <laughs> fail, 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 fail. And just recently, within the last couple of months, like six months, I'm now realizing that that has roles and responsibilities that has to be developed. Like so many realizations that we'll be here talking about forever. But my whole point was this. I am now building my foundation with God, my relationship with God mm. at a high level, prioritizing that. And that was the game changer for me. It allowed me to work more, be more organized in my business. It allowed me to have more substance with my conversations. It allowed me to have more meaning and purpose in my life. Wow. You can be making as much money as you want and still feel lost and aimless. But, but because I have a long-term plan that I don't even see right now, right. I have hope. I have a sense of purpose. I'm not a walking zombie. A lot yeah. of us is just zombies out here. Out here. <laughs> but God's grace, that was the, the high moment for me is realizing um, my that I need to invest in my spiritual life. Thanks to God. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. So um, now I want to put you in the trap seat, which is our hot seat. Mm-hmm. In the trap seat, we're going to ask you a few questions. Um, first question is, what's one of... Uh, so it's a trap seat, right? Is uh, a first part of it is trap blown, mm-hmm. right? And so in trap blown, we want you to blow our minds. You already have you know, <laughs> dozens of stories, right? <laughs> but but if there's one more in there somewhere, what is an amazing story of something you've done, accomplished, someone you've kicked it with, some, some something, an experience you've had that would blow our minds or has blown your mind? And she's like, man, I can't believe I just did that. Man, dang, to be honest, I got so many high votes, bro. <laughs> My life has been blessed, like beyond blessed. Um, as far as like turning points, again, the turning points were. Well, I want to say turning points, but just something that's just, wow, I'm here. Oh, okay. Like a wow, I did that or experienced okay, okay. that. Okay, okay. I mean, the, even the, um, the 
me overcoming those obstacles because most people, if their Twitter page got deleted, that would have been it. Right. If their candy got confiscated and they got suspended, that would have been it. Right. If they, they weren't getting paid for the promotions, that would have been it. So those high moments for me was like, wow, it's me always, by God's grace, finding a solution, mm. finding an opportunity and tapping into it, not dwelling on dang, I just lost my candy. I literally confiscated my candy. Right. I, I, I wasn't hurts. Dwelling on still those. hurts. So those high moments was me realizing that this is not a problem. This is an opportunity to move forward. Okay, awesome. Now give us a bag blown. Bag blown, man. Trap Many blown. bag blows. Right. What's one of the days? How much time we got? Give us one of the days, weekends, or something, bro. I, what, what, what's the I biggest bag you bought? So blown? much money. I was making so much money in Vegas with the clothing brand and the consulting that I developed a vice. And I didn't know what to do with my money. Mm. I ended up gambling, playing poker, blackjack in Vegas. Wow. Oh my goodness. I went to the casinos just to eat. Just there's I, I live on the strip on Las Vegas Boulevard. I need to get some food and the casinos had all the restaurants. Right. Oh, no, no, no. oh what's this? <laughs> Blackjack tables. Oh yeah, come. Have some fun with us. I made twenty five hundred dollars the first time I ever gambled. Sucks you. Aaron. I'm like, oh this is easy. This is how, this is how you make money. <laughs> oh, this is it right here. They sent me a letter. Oh, I'll never forget. Stratosphere Hotel. Mr. Matthew, thank you so much for coming to our hotel. Like, and wow, We want to comp you with some rooms, free meal. Come visit us again. Smiley face. <laughs> like, I'm in there. I already have a home. Why am I going to this place for a hotel stay? I went there anyway, gambled, won again. I was like, okay, this is easy. This How is much a, you want? Uh, 3600 okay. And I spent it. I remember going to the shops. I bought some Dita glasses, some outfits. I made 3600 So I then I went back and I started losing, but it wasn't a lot. It's like 200 I knew when to leave. But the problem was I ended up gambling so much that and making so much money that making money wasn't good enough. Mm. No amount of money that I won was good enough for me to leave. I was having fun. The rush. And I'll justify, even if I lost all my money, I'll justify I'll just make another $3,000 tomorrow morning. It became a horrible habit. And then I slowed down by saying, okay, I want to do poker. Poker is a little bit slower. Yeah. But it was so slow that I'll go into the poker tables in the casino in the morning and I'll leave. It'll be the next morning. And I didn't even realize it. Wow. That's how bad. <laughs> Bro, I could go on for this story for a day. It was so low that I'm like, I realized, I'm like, dang, why am I doing this? This is horrible. It was cool. I could justify it because then until the money starts slowing up because I stopped the, like, the, the clothing brand. Right. I shut it off. Cold turkey. So that income stream wasn't coming in, but I still had this vice. Mm. So then I'll start going to the ATM machine and pulling out money, pulling out money to the point where my bank account would be zero dollars. Wow. And I didn't care that was zero because I knew how to make money. Right. So that wasn't the biggest issue, but the biggest issue was when I started having invoices for, for inventory that I couldn't fulfill because I was my cash flow was horrible. Mm. Income wasn't the problem, my cash flow was the problem. Mm. Right, and that's a whole other conversation. That's why I should have time. Yeah, but that was definitely. I want, for God's grace, I was saved because I moved to I moved to Atlanta, away from that that those those casinos, <laughs> those 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 things. All right, so tell us, um, what 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 is uh, if you're looking back at your younger self or someone else who might have been facing some of the things that you faced, right? A lot of resilience you've shown in your life. Um, I want you to give um, us a trap cheat sheet. 
Trap right? cheat sheet. Okay. Yeah. If someone is going through life and looking to um, beat and blow through some of the traps that you blew, you blew through, you blew through the corporate trap, you blew through, you totally avoid the corner trap, you blew through the college mm-hmm. trap. Uh, what's a trap cheat sheet for somebody that's watching this of like one piece of advice that they could do uh, for, for themselves mm. to be able to uh, not get entangled mm. um, so, in those yeah. common traps? You said it. Do for self. Self, love, self-awareness, do assessment tests. So the first thing I'll tell somebody to do that you can do right now is do a self-assessment test on who you are, where you've been, and where you plan on going. Mm. Through that exercise, and we provide those exercises in our, in our communities, you'll be able to realize, one, how blessed you are, and how grateful you should be, and you'll realize opportunities that you've overcome that you can monetize from, mm. which goes back to the intellectual property. Rappers, they're monetizing their bad experiences. Mm. They're <laughs> drug dealers. They're monetizing their bad experiences in the form of movies. Chapo, that's a movie. El Chapo, All Star Phase, all those movies from all those unfortunate events have now been monetized in merchandise, movies, all that good stuff. But the thing is, we don't have to again be an athlete, rapper, entertainer. Every single person on this earth has done something that's worthy enough to be packaged and sold mm. and be compensated for. So we have a method to extract, package, and deliver your intellectual experiences, your intellectual awesome. property. In order to do so, you have to do the first thing, self-analyze, self-assess, know, know yourself, know your story. Right. So knowing yourself is one of the key ways key. to be able to, to, to not get entangled. It's literally, people like to talk about problems all the time. If you just do that, I promise you, all the symptoms that people talk, relationship problems, if you do that first, I promise you. Turn it's in. It's issue. Yeah, the issue is you. <laughs> the issue is you. Issue. <laughs> issue. All right, family. So, so King Maddie, um, we definitely want to give everyone an opportunity to be able to tap into the, uh, you know, package your IP, the, yes. the course program. Yes, yes, yes. Those who want to get into the car rental game, yes, give yes, them an opportunity. Yes, yes. And family, um, Maddie and I talk. This is my brother. Yes, We're sir. We're going to give you guys some bonuses um, and a special opportunity to join either one of those programs, right? And we're going to put it right here. We'll, we'll do a quick commercial or something that we'll, we'll put into the, to the audio and the, the yes, video of the podcast to give everyone an opportunity to tap into either one of these programs with a discount and or bonuses um, yes, to join Maddie in his communities and get his mentorship. You see yes, the sir. excellent, amazing things he's done. You see his spirit. You see his mission. Um, all the accomplishments. Um, this would be a great mentor, I believe, for, for any of us to have. He's my friend tour. He's my friend tour. <laughs> you trade value. That's right. Thanks so, King Maddie, tell everybody where they can follow you, though, um, and tap in to get wrapped in. Yeah, definitely. You can go to my Instagram page. I'm really heavy on there. Most of my content is distributed on my Instagram at CEOMattyJ.com. And in my Instagram page, we all have a bio. There's a link in my bio that actually directs you to all the other opportunities that I, I'm, I'm involved in. Like the car rental game, we have the package your 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 story um, course and things of that nature. So my Instagram, CEO Matty J, and my website, CEOMattyJ.com. That's right, family. Make sure that you tap into the king, the, the, the playmaker, yes, my brother. Thank you so much for this podcast. Thank God for this podcast, Yes, man. thank God for it, man. Yeah. To really tap into some amazing stories. There's so much we can all pull from King Matty, who's been so resilient in his life. And man, you've done some amazing Man, things, God right? put me. Grace. Yeah, re- Man. repeatedly. Man, repeatedly. Yo, people could get a, a, a be a one-hit wonder, <laughs> right? You might get two good albums. <laughs> this man, like, hove, man. He got, like, <laughs> 10 joints, like, 
10 platinum albums. Like, yo. yo how you got like 10 ventures and they all smack? High level, man. High level, I don't think man. I've ever had a business. That, that's how I knew God was the one running the play. The angel investor was, yeah. was running the play. The ultimate playmaker with the ultimate angel investor. Man, yeah. thank you guys for tuning in. So family, we just, uh, Matty J just came in and just, oh, uh, sheesh. <laughs> sheesh, Matty J just came in and just blew up the trap. Just gave a whole new definition to the trap, man. The FBI going to start knocking at the door. Right. Man. The candy man, the candy man just came to the <laughs> trap. The candy man. Make sure you guys share. Yo, you have everybody call me candy man across the street. Don't do it. Don't do it to me. Candy man, a.k.a. the killer trooper, a.k.a. CEO manager, a.k.a. document the process, a.k.a. the ultimate playmaker. Guys, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you share this, and I'll see you next time on the next episode. Yes, sir. How to beat the trap <laughs> in real life. Hey, Peace Family Real Estate Pioneer, Jay Morrison, coming to you live from the Black House. Uh, why haven't you got your first-of-its-kind video textbook, excuse me, interactive video textbook experience, the 12-step real estate crash course. This book will make you a real estate power player in real life with over six and a half hours of video lessons with 290 pages of real workbook experiences, tests, quizzes, assessments that give you the skill set, mindset, and formulas needed to dominate in real estate and be a power player in any part of the industry in real life. Homeowner, realtor, wholesale, landlord, flipper, developer, don't matter. You need this book. Your family needs this book. Go tap into the link right now for your for your interactive first of its kind video textbook experience in real life tap in 12stepvideotextbook.com